Welcome to a special report on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio from the Diocese of Columbus Office of Catholic Schools. Bishop Brennan and the Office of Catholic Schools are coming to you today to keep you informed regarding the reopening of our Catholic schools this fall. Joining us for this Catholic Schools update this afternoon of Wednesday, August 12th, is Adam Default, the Superintendent for Catholic Schools, and Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus. Welcome, Your Excellency, and welcome, Adam Default. Thank Thank you. you. It's great to be with you. We're sitting in the St. Gabriel Radio Studios, plexiglass and all, having some uh, COVID adjustment time throughout (laughs) Columbus, right? It is different. Uh, It's the first time I've been in the studio in a while. I've been uh, sharing remotely from the setup that you prepared for me back in the Chancery office, but it's nice to be in the studio again, and it is different with the plexiglass. We're doing all the responsible things, and I'm proud of you. Well, this March, uh, with the onset of COVID, everything changed in all of our lives. It also changed in our Catholic schools with the physical shutting down of our Catholic schools. Kind of go back a little bit and talk about what happened in March and uh, how things unfolded. Sure. It was certainly uh, an unusual time, to say the least. It was uh, unprecedented. We have never had to do this in all my years in education and, and of course, with all of our principals, too. But we uh, we had about three days' notice to pivot our entire educational approach, and uh, and it was it was a rush. We all pulled together, and very proud of how that went and how that happened. Our teachers and our administrators did a wonderful job, uh, putting their students first, being creative, coming up with new strategies and new ideas to continue teaching their curriculum, to continue ensuring that our students' education was uninterrupted during that entire time. And I can attest that it was real instruction. This was real educational um, work going on. And that's a partnership. That took a lot of work from the parents as well, from the families, because you, know, you, just, you don't just put a kid on a computer and say, here, go to school. Somebody's got to be attentive to what's going on and, um, and, and managing things. And not everybody had all the right equipment, you know, we found out there were significant parts of the diocese where there's no broadband available at all. And so we had to do a lot of catching up in different places within the diocese. Some families share a computer, but they worked it through. They worked hard and made it happen. The teachers, they had to balance their own lives. Now their children were home. They were home. They had to participate in their children's education and teach a class. Um, people were really heroic, I would have to say, and they did a great, great job. I had a chance to sit in on one of the classes, on an English class, for a book discussion, and um, it, it was a serious discussion. So I give a lot of credit to our school system and to all of the partnerships that form within the school community. And, of course, the seniors, uh, they had an adjustment to what was expected for their final moments in their high schools? Oh, you know, I was supposed to, I had a big plan. (laughs) I was supposed to greet the whole senior class on March 13th, and that was the last day of school. Mm. So we obviously that week earlier in the week realized we wouldn't be able to transport the children. That would not have been a good idea at that time. That's right. It was going to be our very first mass with Bishop Brennan for all of our seniors in the diocese. Yes, we were going to try to celebrate all their graduations at one um, big celebration. And we had to uh, postpone it, we thought. But that was just the beginning because that turned out to be the last day of school. And yes, the seniors lost a lot. They lost a lot of the spring athletics. They lost a lot of their customs. Um, 
they lost graduation. I mean, again, I give full credit. You can talk more specifically about it, Adam, but I give full credit to the schools for the way that they reached out to try to make graduation special, even though we couldn't have the formal everybody together for graduation. They did a wonderful job for their seniors. A lot of conversations and planning with families and teachers and the school administration, and they made it as as special as they could under the circumstances of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing, though, I think that was important is there was no sense of being together. And I think that's one of the things they felt very, very keenly. And that's something that I think you could kind of translate to the whole school community. So there was no chance for the seniors to say goodbye to each other. During the summer, a number of our schools had senior banquets or picnics really to at when the governor opened the possibility of banquets and so we used that and we um we had those as opportunities for the seniors to be able to close out their experience to celebrate to be together in some way shape or form and that's when i realized i i, I had the chance to get to a couple of them and um I, I got the sense of the loss that they felt in being together. That, that was they, they felt they did a lot by way of um, uh, of the the, the uh, online learning, but that being together was a, a real loss to them. Well, now in the spring you had three days to adjust. You've had a few months now to prepare for the reopening of schools uh, this fall for our Catholic schools. What's been happening over the last uh, few months as the leadership has been talking about plans, contingency plans, things like that? Sure. We um, have had a busy several months. We began planning for the fall back in April of this year. At that time, we pulled together a task force. Three weeks later. You're pretty quick. Well, we we needed to figure out what things were going to look like and how this was changing. And, And we did pull together a task force that met multiple times throughout the summer. That task force was made up of principals and teachers and uh, medical professionals, including our school nurses, and most of whom were parents uh, with children in our schools. And we started doing our research, talking to people, figuring out what best practices would be for the fall. And we were we built three scenarios. We built uh, what we call Tier 1, which is what it would look like to have all of our students back in the building with safety modifications. Uh Tier three, which would be remote learning if we needed that to continue. And we looked at what steps we could do, how we could do it better if we had had more lead time into it um, based on the feedback that we were getting from our schools and our families. And then our tier two approach was a hybrid approach, a blend of those two pieces in person and remote. And, uh, And those plans were developed and released to our schools, which then began their own local process of figuring out what reopening plans would look like at the local level. With 53 schools scattered across 15 counties, we cover a wide geographic area. So one centralized plan was never going to be the right fit for all of our schools. And um, it takes a lot of work to do that kind of planning. And you're walking in the dock for a good portion of it because you have to imagine what the infection rate might be two or three months down the road. You have to imagine what um, the restrictions might be, what the possibilities might be. So um, it it was a little bit of guesswork and and providing for all different possibilities. 
And looking at all those possibilities, I think we can all imagine what it's like to be back at school with some of the modifications like mask and distancing. We can also imagine what it might be like for distance learning. But what's the hybrid approach? I know that that might vary by school. Sure. Essentially, it's having some of our students on campus a couple days a week with the students that aren't on campus at home learning uh, online. And then having and switching groups for two days later in the week. We have a number of schools that are starting with that approach um, to sales for one. And uh, one thing that they're doing at the high school is following that schedule. On Mondays, they'll have half their students in in the morning, the other half in the afternoon. Tuesdays will be you know group one Tuesday and Wednesday with group two at home. And then Thursday and Friday of the week, they'll have group two in the building, group one at home. It still keeps our students engaged together. Um, it still keeps them in communication with their teachers and uh, and also allows, because of building limitations, it allows for all of us students to have that experience in, in school during the week. So what's happening here as we enter the reopening of schools specifically? So it's a fluid situation, and it's definitely something that we are that we're monitoring and that we're watching very carefully. Right now, our plan is to have most of our schools back on Tier 1 or Tier 2, meaning in person with modifications or in a hybrid approach. And really, the determining factor is the building size and enrollment. What can the building do? Can we accommodate the six-foot feet of distance uh, for all of the students and, and have them in places safely? And one of the possibilities is we realize that um, we need to give parents the opportunity to make choices. So there may be, for very good reasons, um, there may be parents who elect to keep the children at home. And if we can, we want to be able to offer that kind of online learning um, while the school is, so if a school may be open partially or fully, we want to give that opportunity for people to learn outside of the school building. So it trying to meet all of the different needs. And people have very varying degrees of needs. There are a lot of people who are counting on us being open. A lot of people are counting on us being there because um, to, to care for their children, because of the structure that it gives to the day, uh, because of the services that the school in, uh, entails. So um, there are different needs. And while we can't be all things to all people, we want to do the best that we can in meeting as many of those needs as possible. And sometimes it comes down to attitude, doesn't it? Uh, I know that we can, as leaders, give advice to our entire community. Do you have advice for our Catholic community as we're ready for this difficult adjustment? A change is difficult for most people. It is difficult, and there's no question these last few months have been difficult for everyone. Uh, teachers, administrators, families, parents, everybody has um, been through this together. I think what I think you're right about attitude. We need to make sure that we realize why we choose Catholic education. And what we, we're about relationships. We're about communities. We're about being the teaching ministry of the church. And that requires us to be in communion and community with each other. And that's why our schools are so critical. And um, it may look different. It may feel different. But we need to remember that we're working through this together. And we want to do that with great compassion and great care. Um, a lot of these safety measures uh, are there because we want to take good care of our and, and and protect the health of our students and of their families and of our faculty, the teachers and their families. So 
We want to exercise the best judgment we can with terrific charity. And, you know, like in all things, the experience of these last couple of months for me has been that people in this diocese are overwhelmingly good. The people in this diocese are overwhelmingly cooperative and generous and want to be able to work together and provide for the best opportunities, whether it be for worship, for um, our social outreach and our care for the poor, or in this case, in our Catholic schools. Of course, their tensions are high, anxieties are high, um, people are working hard, and sometimes it's it, it, it can be overwhelming, but general attitude of people, and we experience this through St. Gabriel Radio, don't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, just tremendously, tremendously good, wanting the best. What can we do as listeners? Well, first of all, pray. You do a great job of that. First of all, pray. And the other thing is, I think we need to be voices of hope. One of the things that's going on in the world right now is there's a great deal of division and uh, on, on on all sides, it's not, I don't blame any one particular group or one particular ideology, but there's a great deal of tension and division. As Catholics, in all things, we can be voices of hope. We, we look like Peter in the uh, Gospel this past Sunday. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, and uh, we draw our strength from him and try to communicate that hope to other people. Adam, what about you? Some advice for us as listeners as we get ready to welcome our students back to the classrooms in many cases. In addition to prayer, which we need a lot of, I I would say that we need to remember that we're a Catholic community and for parents and schools to be in communication with each other about how things are going, what they see, what their needs are. Um, and uh, and to remember that we've always are we always are gonna put the the children in our schools first. Thank you for joining us for this special report on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio from the Diocese of Columbus Office of Catholic Schools. Bishop Brennan and the Office of Catholic Schools joined us today to keep us informed about what is going on this fall as our schools reopen, our Catholic schools reopen. Uh, We heard from Adam Default, the superintendent of Catholic schools, and also Bishop Robert J. Brennan, bishop for the Diocese of Columbus. Bishop Brennan, could you close us with your blessing and prayer? By all means, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, we ask you to look down upon us and to grant us your blessing. Send us the power of your Holy Spirit to enlighten our hearts, to fill us with hope, and to strengthen us with courage. We ask your blessing in a very particular way upon all of our families, those in our Catholic schools and those in various public schools and part of our parish schools of religion, please bless them this season. Keep us all healthy, O Lord, and help us in all that we do to love you, the Lord our God, with all our heart, all our soul, all our being, and to love our neighbor as ourselves by our charitable care and the sacrifices we make to protect one another. And may Almighty God bless all of you who are joining us this day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Bishop Brennan. Thank you, Adam Default. Uh, For more information about your own Catholic school, go to your Catholic school website or go to the Diocese of Columbus website at columbuscatholic.org. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.